Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go To Eleven. And I know what everybody's thinking. What is that awful voice introing this podcast? Where is the smooth, rich, maple syrup, buttery voice of one Nathan Bell? I'm happy to say he is here, but in a different role. Hello, Nathan. Hello. How's it going? Good. There's that voice. There's the voice. I'm sorry, everybody. You're listening to this voice, the lesser of the two voices, but... That's all right. We'll clean it up and we'll clean it up and post it. Everybody's (laughs) like, what is Greg talking about? It all sounds great. Could you could you make me sound like uh, James Morgan, Earl Jones? James Earl Jones or Morgan Freeman, a la Shawshank? Mm. Something in that realm would be very very nice, or even maybe a little Samuel Jackson sometimes. Right. Well, I'm not sure he narrates. <laughs> no, we better not do Samuel Jackson. Right. Yeah, let's there's, scratch there's that. There's some other things that might come out there, of there. There might be some things, <laughs> although he does make Capital One commercials, which is a That's Herculean right. miracle. <laughs> That no um, no bombs are dropped, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put up with that for now. I am the today's moderator because I'm going to introduce our other guest in just a second. Mm-hmm. But this month we are kicking off uh, a new theme, and that is going to be a combination of civility yep. and debate slash discourse. Yes. We yep. might even say in some, like today, sparring. Yes. Going after a a, uh, a position that one disagrees with. Yep. How to argue a point, etc. And honestly, Nathan, um, just the other day I listened to a, a snippet of a podcast Matt Smith sent me. It was uh, Lou Giglio and Rick Warren. Okay. And they were discussing the issue of civility. Mm. And I think Giglio asked Warren do you feel that we can ever get civility back in this country? Now, they were talking about political discourse. Right, right. That's just one man's opinion, but it it caught my attention. He said, sadly, I'm not sure that we can. Mm. Things have have jumped the shark to to such a degree that it's hard to imagine getting our discourse back uh, a little more civilly. So anyway, we'll get into that in a moment. But first, Nathan... Yes. I'm just glad you you did a little traveling. Did, yes. Just got back from two-week stint. Yes. Uh, traveling up north. Oh, I love love New England. It's my home. It's where I grew up. Yes. In the summertime, too. Oh, they had some warm weather yeah. the past uh, week. They were up in the 90s, but my last day there, oh, 75, clear skies, nice breeze. Nice. Oh, it was beautiful. And it would have been perfect except for a slight, uh, how do we say this, uh, one of those interruptions <laughs> where the food that's supposed to be on the inside of your body was somehow on, on the, the outside, outside. <laughs> all the way around. Oh, yeah, my goodness, I. Uh, dude. Oh. It was funny because the day I got sick, it was it was late into the evening, so I had the whole day to enjoy myself. Thankfully, good, good. but it was it was late into the evening. But I had just weighed myself that day. We were in a week and a half of our vacation, yeah. and uh, there was you know scale there, and I was like, well, I you know I want to see w- what kind of damage do I have to do when I get back home. Yeah. In order to start 
you know, losing some weight. And I, and I looked down, I was like, okay, this, this isn't horrible, you know, a couple pounds, but this isn't horrible. Got sick. Yep. Uh, and, uh, do you have pictures or video? We thankfully no. Oh, okay. No, that, uh, you know, when, when you talk about like a Jason Pollock painting, I mean, this, (laughs) what I had was nothing on that. So, uh, goodness, dude. Yeah, yeah, that is, uh, dude. I've had a vacation or two where you get one of those, and, and it just is a ruiner. But it sounds like you, you bounce back. And Joy never got it. Joy never got it. Fortunately, yeah, a, because she, um, so she has uh, some medical conditions, and if she gets sick like that, uh, that's a big we're, deal. We're going to the hospital. Big deal. Like, yeah, yeah, just straight, straight to the hospital. Well, thank God no, for that. Yep. Um, but I, uh, I missed you, dude. It was. Yeah. I was. I was thinking of it because I think I told you. Uh, Earlier this summer, mm-hmm. a portion of the Dutcher family went up to Cooperstown, yes, uh, New York, uh, for just a couple of days. One yep. of my new friends in my writing program lives up there, and they just were wonderful, accommodating hosts. But what I appreciated, and you knew this, mm-hmm. I'm so not used to this. Evening comes, yes, and it's it's cool. Yep, in the middle of summer, you one uh, like Lisa wanted a light jacket, yeah. Boy, that's nice. A nice little fire out there. Yeah, and, yep. the, exactly. Uh, on the lake there. I forget yep. the, what the lake's called in Cooperstown. Stego, maybe. Um, or it sounds like that. But they have this nice restaurant there with the fire pits yes. around the lake. Yep. Oh, man. And it's just beautiful. Summer night feels kind of cool. You never get that down here in, no. in the Mid-Atlantic. No. It sucks. Although today's not actually a horrible day. No, no. The, the last today, two days yeah. where we are when we're recording, that... that excessive 100 degree index yep. is down we've got 80s it's warm yeah but you're not you don't feel like you're dying now, part of that's due to all the wildfires going on yeah and, and the haze that's in the sky trapping the cooler air in but yes we'll take it we'll take it we'll yes. take the carcinogenic haze for that's the cool right. temperatures right um well sir we old heads yeah have been sitting here gabbing on and, and there's a young dude there is and uh i'm gonna uh turn our attention to him we have a special guest. Uh, he may or may not be connected to this podcast in some way. Ben Dutcher. How are you, Ben? I'm very good. How are you? He's uh, connected in more ways than one. Yes, he is. Not only is he the son of yours truly, yep. he is a previous guest. It's true. I was mm-hmm. on when I was in seventh grade. Yes. Back yeah, back then, I was a massive movie and TV show nerd. Wait, wait, back then? And to this day, I still am, <laughs> yeah. yes. There uh, you go. Except now, I would say that my horizons have expanded a bit Ooh. back then. Ooh, back then. well said. Yes. And Ben, you, whether you intended or not, you dropped a, a kind of a pun in there because you work somewhere. Oh, yes, yes. I work at a movie theater known as Horizon Cinema. See? Yes. yes. And I, I, that actually did not cross my mind when I said it at all. <laughs> so that's, a, that's the first thing that I heard. Now, Nathan, do you notice uh, the modulation of Ben's voice sounds a little different than seven years ago? It is uh, It is a little different. We, when we had your other young one on, one yes. Mr. Isaac Dutcher, <laughs> yes. we, did a, uh, we did a proof of concept comparison. And, yes. Uh, yes, it was, it was night and day. Uh, fortunately for Isaac, unfortunately for Ben, we yeah. do not have Isaac's younger no. self no, on here. Unfortunately, uh, I could pull some stuff up, but I, I'm going to choose not. <laughs> well, to. all you have to do, Ben, is find those old YouTube. Oh videos. yeah, oh, oh, oh yeah, they're still up. They're still up. He made well, you made some of those too with him. But yes. I remember your yes. little superhero videos mm-hmm. that you guys would make when you were yes. young. And Ben, give us for our audience because Nathan and I know you so well. But just give us the short bio, age, mm-hmm. what you're doing in life, etc. Yeah. Any girlfriends? <laughs> 
Oh boy, come on. Uh, tell uh, all, tell all. Not at the moment. Okay. Uh, um, well, I am I am 20 years old. I am a college student. I go to the University of Maryland. Uh, I I am a massive book nerd. I'm a movie nerd. I'm a comic book nerd. Like I love anything with um with um a literature. Um, that's probably my main passion. That that's why I wanted to go into this podcast because I think that Man of Steel is a pretty good movie. Ooh, I love, he's, yeah. he's throwing shade already. <laughs> already, he's out of the topic and his first yes, point. That's yes. right. I like yes. it, and uh, uh, I'm excited to be here. It's been a while. Good, Ben. We're we're thrilled to have you on. Our mutual friend Nathan Mark Bradley, yes, <laughs> yes, uh, is doing a, a kind of a comic-y podcast of his yes. own. What's yep. it called? Captain Coffee. That's, Captain that's Coffee. That's Captain Coffee. Okay. We'll, we'll throw that out yep. to to Mark. I and forget the name of the actual podcast itself, which I feel bad about, but uh, I know so his he, account's so name. So he goes by. He is Captain okay. Coffee He's Captain okay. on Instagram. So follow Captain Coffee. I'm going to okay. shout him out here. And uh, yeah, Captain Coffee. It's uh, our buddy Mark. Mark, we we know uh, you're listening to this. I really enjoyed you on that, Ben. You two were kicking around some Marvel stuff mm-hmm. on that podcast about a month ago, so it was a little prep for this podcast. Yes, we talked so. about uh, multiverse movies, Doctor Strange 2, The Flash, Spider-Verse. That was the main theme, and it was a lot of fun. Yes. yes. Nice, nice. Well, let me preview uh, the month and then lead into our time, because I am, right, Nathan? I'm, I'm the sole you guy in charge. You are the guy today. I, the... Just, I get to sit back and, and just uh, <laughs> hang out. Not yes. really, but... I am the top banana that's today, right? right? Yes. And uh, I love it. Makes You're doing all the special. admin work today. I don't know if that's a good idea, yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's a good. Fortune, <laughs> dude, we'll still have you mix and post because we'll, otherwise we'll put up all kinds of, you know, stupid stuff that's on my phone that uh, probably bad. Blue unicorns and all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> we'll let you do that. Um, but coming this month, we have some pretty you know, good, substantive, serious topics mm-hmm. that are often intramural disagreements among among uh, Christians uh, with some special guests. More on that coming, but we yeah. I'm going to uh, debate. Yeah. Uh, we envision some topics dealing with the Sabbath, yeah. what a Christian should or should not do on the Lord's Day, which yeah. Sunday, as we would practice it and understand it. Uh, going to talk about baptism, right? We know yeah. that there is no monolithic... Uh, one shared position historically. We've got um, the age of baptism. Yep. You have pedo baptist which you know uh, means baby or child baptism, practiced by you know many Protestant denominations: Presbyterian, Lutheran, Methodist, etc. Uh, then you've got credo baptism, which is uh, what we practice here at CFC, which is somebody's made a profession of faith in Jesus first, then the baptism. Yep. Uh, no secret probably to people, churches disagree on that mm-hmm. and debate that and have different practices. I do know of one church when I was in seminary that actually did both, Okay, which is very rare. Never and, heard of that. Yeah, it was uh, Emmanuel Lydie's church. You okay. could look that up. I think they, they still practice. I, I bet we'd be willing to find a whole lot of churches that might compromise on the baptism mm-hmm. thing for the right circumstances. And, I and agree. Person. I agree. Historically, dude... Uh, well, well, we'll probably cover that more on that podcast, yeah. but you know, I, I take everybody's story case by case. Yeah. Uh, I'm more concerned that their theology is, you know, historic, yeah. um, orthodox. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of people saying, oh my goodness, this little infant perished and they weren't baptized. Right. Um, I actually talked to a woman one time that was a great source of anxiety for her. So it was a real privilege, I think, to be able to help alleviate that anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk about that. 
um, and some other topics, too, yeah. that are more serious, we might say, yeah. more theologically substantive. The topic that Ben hinted at today <laughs> is not something that's probably keeping people up at night. But here's what I love. Yeah. Talking to each of you individually, you're both passionate yep. about the mm -hmm. topic. You're both superhero fans. Yes. So let me give a little quick background, really quick. The movie Man of Steel yep. came out in 2013. Mm -hmm. uh, the original draft, I think, Ben, you were telling me this, yeah. uh, was a little more under Christopher Nolan's control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he didn't write the final draft of the script, but mm -hmm. he was involved in the early process. He, and then yeah. had a, a producer accredited yes. at some point in, yeah. in the movie. And you've got Zack Snyder that yep. came along, and yep. another guy, was it Goyer? Yeah, David Goyer, I believe he wrote it alongside Snyder. So oh. Snyder, Snyder, overall, is probably mostly his vision. Sure. So um, other people are accredited, but I would say if anyone is to blame, if you think the movie is bad, it would probably be... Be's, be Zach Snyder, Snyder. Yeah. right, right, Snyder. That's and who I blame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I figured. Yeah, <laughs> and in the nerddom universe, am I right, guys? Uh, the the Snyder uh, uh, claim to DC properties is is a source of debate, right? You've got yes. people that were demanding the Snyder cut yeah. Yeah. of Justice. He's probably League. the most well known director in DC now. Yes, at this point. yes. Yeah. Except he might soon be replaced. He may. He, by he Mr. Might, James yeah. Gunn, but, but he, yeah, but he's forever going to have his name attached to a movie as Zack Snyder's Justice League. Justice League, so <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. So little background there, and I've just loved talking about this. As you both know, I love comics. I love superhero stuff. I'm not as well versed as both of you are. Yeah. So every time I talk to you guys, I'm always amazed. I'll, I'll talk to Ben about <laughs> yeah. something. Well, Dad, see the thing about that comic is this: th that character was actually only in nine. Blah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah. And he can tell me when and how. And I talked to Nathan. He goes, well, what you have to remember in Batman originally was... And I'm like, oh, my goodness, man. So this is one of those things I love because so, there's so many pockets of interest subsection. So l let me encourage you, if you're listening and you're thinking, ah, this is... I hope you, you haven't uh, quit on this podcast. Right. Because the, to you know, the topic could be about anything. It could be about yeah. the 57 Chevy yeah. uh, as whether it was a le the legit classic American car or that belongs to the 64 Corvette or this or that. What we can do with this is learn how people that are passionate, that are going to get into it, yep. that are going to disagree, and it may even sound heated. Yeah. But what I know about both of you is that you will walk out of here Yep. I just put our Papa John's uh, pizza order in. <laughs> We're going to go out here, split a pizza. Oh, yeah. So whatever happens in the arena, yeah. it's fine. It's the arena. Yep. Yep. But the friendship can be maintained. Yes. I read a stat recently. It was a. Uh, it was actually the moderator. I think it was a debate between Anna Kasparian and, and Ben Shapiro a few years ago. Uh, I might not have the, this quote exact, but it's close to it. He said in a recent study... More than 50%, or no, I think it was more than 60% of Democrats do not have one Republican friend. More than 60% of Republicans do not have one Democrat friend. Yeah. I thought, wow. Yeah. Civility that's... again, and the ability to find connection and common ground with yeah. people that we passionately disagree with yeah. is kind of a lost art. So we, we'd like to model yeah. how to bring it back. Yeah. So let's talk about Man of Steel. We got a little, uh, you know, few facts about it. I think I first discovered that there was a controversy when you, Nathan, mm -hmm. said you did not like the portrayal mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. of Superman mm-hmm. in that movie. Yeah. Now, I'm going to get to that. Yep. And then I shared that, I think, with you, Ben, and you're like, what? That's crazy. Yeah. 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 I mean, to be fair, I, I have known there's been a controversy about oh, this film. Like, I, that's it, true. It, It's impossible to not go online and see people debating about this. But, like... No doubt. So, like, I've, I've heard Nathan's opinion, like, m- many times before. Voiced through many people. Many yeah. people. <laughs> yes. And Nathan's going to say many wise True. People. True. <laughs> many well-informed people, yeah. right? That's how yeah. you kind of build your Well-intentioned. Argument. I believe that they are well-intentioned <laughs> well is a better word. <laughs> already started. So, let me... Mm-hmm. I, I think because, in a sense... Ben, say you or somebody else watch the movie, mm-hmm. go, hey, uh, they're talking about I'm going to stream that movie today. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. And knew nothing about HBO it. HBO Max, for anyone who's interested. HBO it Max, HBO yes. Max, yes. Or now, just Max. Oh, yeah. Oh, just yeah. Max. I'm not calling it that. <laughs> Dumbest name change in the history of the world. And on that one, there is no debate. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. If no, you right. think it's a good name, uh, you're a bad person. But yeah. we'll, we'll deal with that. We'll deal with that some other time. Um, so if you were to watch that movie... Uh, I'm talking to the listener now. So I kind of enjoyed it. Cool Superman story. Um, you might not even have a beef with it. And I'm only starting with Nathan, Ben, because... I understand. I think Nathan's argument is is a responsive argument. It's true. To mm-hmm. Superman. So here's what I'm going to do. Nathan, I want to give you the floor. I want a few okay. minutes. Yeah. I'd like you to paint as, as, as succinctly but fully as you can your understanding of superman in official comic lore yeah and then the portrayal of that same character in snyder's man of steel and where they differ yeah that would be a good sure absolutely yeah Yeah. that's good i think that's great um so superman is dc's captain america Mm -hmm. marvel is huge bigger than dc is right now there's no arguing that so if you were to look at Captain America and who he is, Captain America is is principled. He's unwavering. He's unchanging. He has his standards. People say he has the least uh, uh, growth and development of of the characters uh, in the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. and I would agree and say because he's supposed to, mm-hmm. because he's supposed to hit the scene as a righteous man yep. and be the righteous man till the end. Yep. There's no compromising on his character. And so I would agree. His 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 growth arc in his character is is unchanging and unwavering. He's the one that's supposed to be at the center righteously of all things. Yes. When when this person's lost their moral compass, he's he's able to run after them because he's he's been incorruptible. Mm-hmm. That's who Superman is. Interesting. He is he's the light. He's who we all want to be inside. Can I ask, Nathan, is this a fair way? Because I think you and I have talked about this, mm-hmm. man. In Dungeons & Dragons uh, parlance, uh-huh. is he what you would call lawful good? Uh, I would... I, I Sort of, yes. Okay. Uh, the, the difference between... So, little side note. <laughs> little nerd so, side little note. Little nerd I love side it. note. So when you look at the, the degrees of good in people, right? Yep. You have lawful good, which means I I am good, but I am I am always compelled to do good because of the contracts that are before mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I will not break a contract. I will not break an agreement. Yep. Um I would say that he is um 
what's the one what's the one under lawful? Uh, there's uh, there was chaotic. Th- there's chaotic, but I don't think it's chaotic. I think I think it's neutral. neutral I good. think it's neutral. Mm-hmm. Good. Right. He has the ability. Right. He has the ability to go dark. He has the ability yeah. to break the contract. I and see. so I would say that's more Superman's personality and character. And I think that's a I, I think that makes him a stronger Superman. Mm-hmm. He's not compelled by our laws yes. to do good. Yeah, I agree. He's but compelled by his nature and that good is good and he's not going to break it because of that. So you would say he's guided by a, a, a kind of a pure, essential, yes. moral good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that he's always going to do what is right yep. in, in the ultimate moral sense. Correct. He's always going to stay true to that. Correct. And if faced with opportunities <clears throat> to take, dare I say, an easier way yep. uh, 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 where he accommodates the situation that is not the Superman way. Correct. Good. Wanted yep. to set you up for that. Now, yeah. you watch Man of Steel 2013. Probably yes. excited about it, right? You're thinking, oh, oh you got Yeah. Well, actually, my, my journey with Man of Steel was interesting because when it started coming out and previews started coming out, yeah. I, I totally uninterested. The really? way everything really? was set up, huh. the way that they had portrayed the commercials, the way that they had been portraying the movie itself, I, again, knowing snacks, uh, snack, Zack Snyder was <laughs> at the helm, um, I thought this was going to be a garbage movie. Yeah. What started changing my mind was as closer to the release date, they dropped this one final preview that didn't have... This weird music. It had the orchestral music. Yes, is that where he that flies was, up into the yes. sky? I remember that. Yes, that that was, was a great ad. I a great saw scene. that, yeah. and yeah. I I just said, "This is the Superman I want to see." Because yeah. it also had the narration of Russell Crowe, who plays Jarrell. Jarrell, yes. With they his will stumble crypt- and fall. Kryptonian his Kryptonian father. father. Yeah. Yep. He will. They will stumble and fall, but in the end, they will join you in the sun, and yes. that's where he launches it. And you had that mm-hmm. whole orchestral scene. This is this is the Superman I want to see. So I got excited about it. Yeah, and I was in the movie watching it, and the the whole the whole stuff with uh, Krypton. Yeah. There's uh, Krypton. That whole scene is what twenty thirty minutes. Yeah, it's a lot at the uh, beginning. It's a lot at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, this is great. And then they started going into it, and it's like there were things that I started seeing, and I was like, this this doesn't make sense. Like this doesn't work for Superman. And who he's going to become, yeah. and then what we will eventually talk about—that final scene um, where uh, Zod is killed—it yep. um, made sense for Snyder to do what he did, mm-hmm. but I didn't like what he did. That—that's your uh, main difference. Now, there are some yeah. other things along the way that we'll get to in the debate. Yeah, yeah. But the main issue is because I remember being surprised. Yeah. Because uh, well, I don't know as much as you. Superman, I mean, they're having the huge fight yeah. in uh, Metropolis. In, in, in Metropolis. Yep. Yeah. yeah. At which, you know, if you remember Batman v Superman picks up on. Yeah. Because uh, you've got this collateral damage. You've yeah. got just buildings that are just being shredded. And obviously, a great deal of carnage oh, yeah. is unfolding in their final battle. And. It seems as though he's unstoppable. So, yes, I'm sorry, everybody. Spoiler alert. We yeah. have to give it away to have this debate. <laughs> yeah. And it's been out for 10 years, so you yeah. can still enjoy the movie. whole decade late at this point. <laughs> but he puts Zod in a chokehold yep. and snaps his neck and kills him. Yep. Yes. 
Very, so, I mean, very graphic. I just rewatched that scene. And yeah. It, I mean, it is very graphic. It's very graphic. Yeah. yeah, I kind of remember yeah. the sound. I do believe there's important context that needs to be discussed now, though. We'll get... Uh, uh, as, uh, as to the scene of him killing Zod. Can you just, hold that real quick? Uh, okay, yeah. Like 30 I'll seconds, wait. man. I will wait 30 seconds. The Superman that you read growing up, beloved Superman, yeah. does he do that? No. Under no circumstance? No. That the, the preservation of life... Yeah. Even the life of the most piece of garbage like yeah, Zod, yeah. right? There's a way to get out of the situation and save the life of the innocents as well as save the life of this piece of garbage because the the hope that is Superman is that this piece of garbage is ultimately redeemable. Right. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. So, real quick, some other characters. Tell me, either guys, Marvel characters, DC characters. What other characters, based on their history, their lore, their moral compass, would kill Zod in that situation the way Superman did? No problem. I mean, there's a lot, I would say. I mean, there's... there's Would, would Daredevil, given the chance? Dare, no, Dare, Daredevil, Daredevil has a has A, a no-kill code. No-kill code, yeah. But, but who would kill? But um, Punisher. Punisher, definitely. Okay. Yeah, uh, Punisher. But, but, but even then, like even like a character like Iron Man, who like... Who like um, like he he he's not an anti-hero the way like Deadpool, Punisher, right. or, or Wolverine is, but in the certain context, like there's certain characters that have very strict no-kill rules. Yeah, and like and the things like the characters I think of are Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, mm. but then there's other characters where they don't go to it, um, like as their initial reaction, but they're definitely like willing to. Yeah, and so not every comic book character I believe has this strict no-kill rule, and I agree with you on the fact that Superman does. Mm-hmm. Like for the it, the Superman I know in the comics, yes. So I, you agree? I, you you concede yeah, that point to Nate? I agree. Okay. I'll, I'll get into more as to my opinion on him killing in this movie later, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, you did want to provide some context yeah. for the scene. Yeah, right? you can I, do like, that like, now. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just gonna give the context for the scene. Like, I know it's completely valid to think that Superman shouldn't have killed him at all, but I think it's important for people who know who are listening who have not seen the movie that Zod was firing his laser beams at a helpless family, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Superman snapped his neck last minute. Now, we can argue soon about if whether or not he should not be able to do that, but I think that's just an important detail okay. to note. Well, that, and, yeah. and what we'll argue, too, is I think that there were other ways out. Yeah. That I yeah. think part yeah, of what we happened get into here that. was yeah. <laughs> sloppy writing. Yeah. So I would ask you, Nathan, this is important. I think you said this to me once. Yeah. The, 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 is it fair to say, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but based yeah. on some things you've said, the portrayal of Superman in that movie, yes, you can call him Superman. Yeah. He's dressed like Superman, yeah. has the same powers, but was it a significant deviation to the yeah. point that you would say it's not Superman. Yeah. To me strong statement. Yeah, to me to me it's 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 not. It's an alternate universe Superman. Mm-hmm. Um and and again, if you want to argue that he's in an alternate universe, that's fine, then uh you know, that's okay, whatever. Um it's it's like the Injustice League. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. you the know. Comics. So yeah. so right. you have you have versions of Superman that are just darker. Yeah, push to their limits to to become an overlord and 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 more evil and you know so there, there's there's a lot of variants and versions of Superman out there. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and are those Superman? They're lesser. Yeah. They're not. Interesting. They're they're children who are dressing up like the real thing. Right. You know, it's it's Halloween and all of these other ones, yeah. and they're dressing up like the real one and pretending. Yeah. 
that's 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 what they are in my opinion. And so yeah, we can call them Superman. Um, all these different versions and variants and whatever uh, multiverse ones, but there there is a Superman that is the ideal. Yeah. And there is there are those out there who are that. And as soon as you start taking away uh, characteristics and traits of those ones, they become a lesser form, and in my opinion, a weaker form of the one that is that is the ideal. Do you feel, Nathan, that um, I know I'm focused more on Nathan, but Nathan's setting our baseline. Yeah, no, yeah, that, no, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm not offended. This. I'm not. Offended. No, no, I know. <laughs> I just want you to know I'm going to give you full, full opportunity to respond. Do you feel? And again, I'm not sharing my yeah. opinion. I'm yeah. just thinking that. Well, sure, Nathan, that's good for the past. In the current world, with the complexities of mm-hmm. terrorism, uh, uh, nuclear weapons. You know, chemical, biological warfare, things that have have become more front and center in people's minds, mm-hmm. where um, you know the 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 nature of evil mm-hmm. has changed and morphed to such an insidious point yeah. that a modern Superman portrayed in 2013 and beyond yeah. would have to live in that world different than the the uh, Superman portrayal in the past and for lack of better terms, a simpler time? No, I think what we see is that, uh, because let's, let's be real, dastardly, sinister evil, sickening evil mm-hmm. has always existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What has kept and given people hope that there's something better is that when we write, there's something to look forward to that this is not the way it's supposed to be. And yeah. so, you know, look at um, look at the, uh, the the horrors of the genocides that went on in Russia under the Communist Party mm. um, and various things like that. What did they do? They got together and they wrote fairy tales. Right. Because because there was an understanding that while this is what the world looks like right now, mm-hmm. there's a form of the world that's supposed to be better. And yeah. so let's let's write about that time because it's going to get there. I mean, that was that's Tolkien's whole point in writing The Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. is that the, the 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 identity of of evil and good always exists and evil will always come in and it will always come in in its most horrible, oppressive ways. Mm-hmm. But good will always stand up against it and be able to fight back and push back against it and and to the point where it supersedes it. Right. right. I mean, this is we, we've mentioned this before. This is the, the context and the ideal of the true myth, Jesus Christ coming down. Yes. How does Christ enter the world and combat the evil and the sickness that's gone on in the world? He gives up his life for it. He doesn't come in and take the lives of everyone mm-hmm. else. Um, and again, like we could make an argument, well, one day he will do that, but his entry, his foray into the world is to give up his life yeah. in order to overcome what's going on to the point that I- I'm willing to die and lose my life and and I will do that. I will offer that up in order to fight this injustice and this evil and this battle. And so there's there's this context that what we're seeing is a a vision and a perspective of of somebody's mind that that's toying with the what if what yeah. if this character wasn't as righteous as we wanted him to be right mm, which leads years later to the movie brightburn which is just a superman right. yeah. a superman who's fully gone yeah. and and really snyder is is 
I, I don't know if he will because who knows what he, what's going on. But that's the direction he was moving. Interesting. You do not get the. Um, uh, and I'm just going to use some quick talk that people might not understand. Mm-hmm. You do not get the apocalypse uh, Superman where he's going around decimating the earth mm-hmm. and the people he loves without starting here. Interesting. Interesting. That is true. I know what you're talking about from the scenes yeah. that they show. Yeah, where the you've alternate got timeline. The ultimate, which, is which is terrifying. Uh, nightmare timeline. You know, yeah. Superman that, that could do these horrible things. Yeah. So last comment, uh, 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 Nathan, I'll make it quick. Yeah. You would say Snyder's Superman... Is it fair to say is not a legitimate Superman? It, it's hard to say. I would say I would say that for me, it's not. It's right. it's a supposal. I got you. And and what frustrates me is that we're not getting fifty different supposal Superman movies where I can say this is the one I like. We've gotten this garbage <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, where where Superman on. is on a path in journey not toward a higher ethic and hope, yep. but toward evil and destruction. Interesting. Very good, Nate. That was excellent summary, wasn't it, Ben? Yes. Na- yes. Nathan argued. Now, Ben, I'm going to give you the very floor. Very well put. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let you take this. I was going to uh, ask a question. Well, no, I'll ask one. All right. I, I think you understand. I could tell by your affirmation and, mm-hmm. and your agreement on understand. a lot of Nathan's points. Yeah. Um, I used to feel actually pretty similar, honestly. Ah, I've, interesting. I, my, my opinions have changed. Have changed. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about that. I think I'm going to ask a question. Snyder's portrayal of Superman. Legitimate Superman? Yes. As you yeah, see it? Yeah, I Even think so. in, in your understanding of the comics. In other words, <clears throat> would it have yeah. been better mm-hmm. for Snyder to say, well, I want a character who's Superman-like, but I recognize he's different enough, mm-hmm. as Nathan argued, I'm going to make him something else. Yeah. I'm going to call him something else. I mean, part of that is, is that's probably not a wise marketing yeah, move. Uh, yeah, you're going to capitalize. <laughs> Practically, on yeah. man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Homelander. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you feel that he is a legitimate Superman. I yeah, um, I do, and argue. Yeah. Okay. So the reason I'm not willing to just put him off as like an Elseworlds tale parody of Superman, like at Homelander, mm-hmm. is because. <clears throat> I don't. The thing I disagree with the most with what you previously said is that I do not believe that he was headed on a path of death and destruction. That was an alternate timeline that could have happened, but I believe that timeline, which is shown in Batman v Superman and Zack Snyder Justice League, was meant to show who he's not going to end up being in 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 the real world. And I think because Zack's plan from the beginning was to send Superman on a trajectory of good while contrasting it with a trajectory a trajectory of evil and bad that it, it, it I thought it was an interesting direction to take it I th- I think Zack's goal was to start out Superman mm-hmm. as someone who's not so Superman and I, I when people talk about how he's not Superman in the movie to me I feel like that saying when Peter Parker in Spider-Man 1 is 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 acting immaturely in the and, wrestling yeah, match. Yeah, in the wrestling match. Yep. He's saying, well, that's not Spider-Man. And I believe, yeah, at that moment, he's not Spider-Man. I, like, I agree with that. But he becomes Spider-Man. And a lot of people think Superman is different. And I agree in the comics, he is different. He's a stagnant character. He's born good. He remains good. I believe the only thing Zack decided to change, which is something that's been done before I bu- in other adaptations, is that start him out where he's not. He's not Superman at the beginning. Interesting. And then... Towards the end of the movie, 
he's still not quite Superman, but he's closer to Superman than what he was. And I believe by the end of Man of Steel, he he learns what how how he should be Superman. Interesting. Like he he learns his moral code and he learns his 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 moral values throughout the course of the movie. That's not to say he was like born evil or no. anything. It, it it's there's a lot of weight to being Superman, and I believe that the movie's about him learning about that. Interesting. What it takes to be Superman, and I believe that was the goal of Zack, and which is a different goal than a lot of these Superman parodies are nowadays, like Brightburn and Homelander. I think I think it's a very different goal, which is why I I consider him a more legitimate adaptation. Honestly, that's well argued. Let me say yes. then, Ben, because. And Nathan, I'm not sure. Did you see the unbelievably long four-hour <laughs> Snyder's full cut, uncut Justice League? Yes, I will never get those four <laughs> hours back. Wow, you're not a fan, huh? I'm, su- I'm actually surprised. I feel like a lot of Zack Snyder haters actually call that his their favorite. Because here's what I would say: I enjoyed it. It was crazy long. It was long. Yes, and I, I still argue, Ben, and I don't really blame Snyder. People call that the Snyder cut. Like, no, 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 no. Uh, Oppenheimer, we all just, or you and I saw yeah. recently. I don't, you haven't seen that, Nathan, yet? Not yet. No, I'll probably see that this week. Fantastic. We'll, we'll probably do one on Oppenheimer. I like Christopher talk about Nolan maybe. movie. Yes, maybe we bring Bar to Ball into that again. Christopher and, Nolan should have done Man of Steel. Oh, uh, well, he started, right? Yeah. He started and yeah. had some role. But uh, Oppenheimer was three hours long. That's about as long as you can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zack Snyder's, and for our listeners, if you don't know, what happened with Justice League, a later film, where Superman's a character, mm-hmm. is it was taken over by Josh Whedon, mm-hmm. who, uh, uh, of Joss Avengers... Joss uh, Joss, <laughs> thank you, J-O-S-S. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> Joss Whedon, who did the original 2012 Avengers, he takes it over. Uh, it, it was kind of a sloppy movie, in my opinion, uh, yes, as the moderator and some And... Many people realized this was not Snyder's. Yeah, I mean, vision. I mean, anyone can watch a movie and just look. This, mm-hmm. Like based on his previous work, this is not what Zach. Would have mm-hmm. This is yeah. not mm-hmm. what Zack Snyder would have done. So Zack Snyder finally HBO Max released mm-hmm. the Snyder cut, which was four hours. Yes. yes. Now again, the true Snyder cut to me would be an hour and a half less. Yeah, and like like what would have released in theaters? What would he decisions? Because right. nobody yeah. can release four hour movie. Right. You you can't do that. No, yeah. no studio would ever. What they're going to lose money, right? Because they're like, uh, we can get two movies in that time slot yeah. and double. Our, they're not right. going to do that. But you do see at least Snyder's vision of how Superman yeah. progresses. Do you feel his portrayal in that movie mm-hmm. advances the point you're making? And if, if I'm clear, yeah, your point is that the one change he made was. Okay, let me show a Superman that is slowly becoming self-aware. Yeah, that at, by the end of the movie, kind of sees a path towards the man that he's supposed to be. And it sounds to me like you mm-hmm. see the man he's supposed to be yeah. is what Nathan has been describing. Yeah, historically yeah. set. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, moral good, essential yeah. good, always does the yeah. right thing. Yeah, and I'm and I want to make it clear. I think I've made this clear though. I'm not arguing that the Snyder Superman is that version. Like. Like no, no, Man I know. Yeah, You're so, saying he made an editorial yeah, decision. Yeah, it was, it was it was very intentional, I believe. And Snyder's original plan, I believe, was at the end of Man of Steel, he learns what it means to be Superman. And then everything following that, Batman v Superman kind of deals with, okay, the world is rejecting me despite me wanting to help them. And, ha- and how do I deal with that? And then uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League is him dealing with, okay... I died. The world didn't have me. This is what happened. This is what happens when I'm not here. Yeah. So, th- so 
it further reinforces his role in the world of what he's supposed of to what do. he's supposed to be and then there's two fi- and there were going to be two films after that it, 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 Zach's plan was Man of Steel Batman v Superman movies in between by other directors but then Justice League part one two yep. and three yeah and part two was supposed to be mainly the alternate path he could take interesting the nightmare timeline and yes. then I believe the final we have leaks of what the final film was going to be but yeah. we can't be but I believe his goal was to have Superman witness that dark timeline and see who he could have become and intentionally being like I am not I'm not that person I like and that's his final acceptance okay into the role of Superman now Man of Steel I think is an important step in that journey though like yeah. Man of Steel was his role in I now know what it means to be Superman and we still haven't gotten into the Zod killing thing. We'll get into that later. Right now, I'm just yeah. like, like that, that's that's the yeah. Because a lot of, of I, I can see the argument that my point's completely like null by the fact that he killed Zod and he didn't learn anything. But I don't agree. We'll get into that soon. But yeah, but that but that's but that's mainly my main point that his goal was to evolve over a course of several movies. It is my memory of the movie mm-hmm. Kevin Costner who plays his yeah. earthly father, Jonathan Kent. Yeah. Um. The, one of the strangest scenes in the movie because yeah. we talked about it time and we've talked about it. It is a strange scene because Jonathan Kent obviously loves his adoptive son, does not want him. He knows he's likely going to be misunderstood in a world and maybe treated as a threat. Yeah. So when a school bus goes in the water, yeah, the, and yeah. a young yeah, the Superman school bus scene, almost as controversial as the other scene, yeah, <laughs> lifts it out to save all those children on the school bus. There is a weird scene <laughs> where Costner, as his earthly father, is upset that yeah. he took the risk of revealing himself. Yeah. And he says, well, Dad, was I supposed to let all those kids drown? Maybe. To yeah. which he <laughs> says, maybe. Yeah. I remember watching that thinking, this is weird. Yeah, yeah. I, is, I your, is your take, though, that Snyder is, is playing that to prove yeah. the point you're okay. making? I want to show him on a path to becoming... Something closer to the Superman Nathan described. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> that scene is a hard one. I'm gonna admit that. Yeah. That's one of the hardest things to defend. <laughs> it's a weird I, I, scene. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. <clears throat> For the sake of this argument, because there is no defense. <laughs> For the sake of this argument, I I am going to defend it because I'm I'm going to play the role of the, just defending the movie overall. Right. So <clears throat> overall, I think that the main point of that movie is that John Kent is wrong. Well, uh, like like I think that's kind of like. Like he he needs he's learning throughout the movie that he does need to be this person that saves people like <clears throat> just to save them. Right. So, but by the fact that he comes Superman, it kind of shows that John Kent's advice was not the way to go. Yeah. Now, and then there's this whole argument that John Kent in the Superman mythos is almost at he's like as important as like an Uncle Ben would be to a Spider. Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. And so the argument is. Is Jonathan Kent even Jonathan Kent here? The way, <laughs> yeah, I think, I Nate, think I know Nate what is shaking. Thinks. No, Nate is shaking. No, yeah, now I, know, I, I understand. I know what he thinks, yeah. I, I, this I do understand. Now, the way, the way the movie presents itself is there's this big theme of choice. <clears throat> he wants his son to be able to choose whether or not he wants he wants to be this person that the world looks up to if he wants to carry that weight, and. <clears throat> And he's just, and um, Jonathan is just, he's, um, he, he's, he, sorry, he's trying to reinforce that idea that he, he has a choice. Okay. Yeah. And so in that scene, 
he feels like, okay, a bus is drowning. You're going to have to reveal your powers. And then you didn't have a choice. You had to, like, like, like you're already making making the um choice to um reveal yourself to the world before you're an adult before you have this ability and and so when he says maybe i believe his line delivery in that scene makes me think that he didn't even know the answer to that question it's not like no you shouldn't do it he's like i this is tough i honestly don't know you shouldn't have let those kids die but but he's conflicted as a father yeah he feels conflicted yeah i don't want you to be harmed (laughs) But Nathan is dying to jump in. Oh, uh, Nate, Nate, I, I honestly, I, I want you to jump in. I want yeah. you to jump in here because <laughs> okay. this in. one is this one is hard. To <laughs> that think. scene was so, a weird scene. <clears throat> yeah. So here's the deal: is that while I think that this Superman is a lesser, this is not right. the Superman. I think Jonathan Kent is a lesser. Yeah. Um, because here's the thing with Jonathan Kent: does he know how to help him to be Superman? No. Yeah. Jonathan Kent is a homegrown man from Kansas. He knows how to help him to be a good man, a decent man, okay. and right. And and that's what we missed. Yeah. We missed Jonathan Kent. Now, uh, just real quick to to kind of segue because you said, well, we we haven't really gotten anything that showed, you know, him becoming Superman. We have ten seasons of Smallville that showed yeah, yeah, Superman yeah. becoming Superman. I brought this up earlier that it has and, it has been done before. And, okay. Superman. Um, what we see, and and again, um, you know, John Schneider who played Jonathan Kent in in the Smallville series, yeah. did this so beautifully, showing his son how to be a good man right that when he fails that he's overall instilled in his son the lessons that he's taught him that he knows that you know yes young superman growing up fails jonathan fails but Mm. but this is the truth of who you are who i am who we are and so these failures are not going to define who we're going to become one of those lessons that's deeply instilled is your secret is important. You are important to us, but not more important than the life of others. And so if you have the ability to save and act, do it. And, and that's why uh, Jonathan Kent's death, another spoiler alert, is the, <laughs> mo- is the dumbest, most senseless thing in <laughs> the world. Yeah. First of all, Jonathan believes going out to save that dumbass dog, sorry, <laughs> that dumb dog. Yeah. I'll have to take that out. No, yeah, leave it in. Yeah. I like it. Uh, that, that he's got, he's got to, he, he's the only one that can save this dog. I'm sorry. You're an older guy. Your kid can run out there faster than you and get that dog out of there. The added advantage is that if he gets stuck in the car, everybody's back under the bridge and he can get himself unstuck real quick without anybody noticing or seeing. I that that whole scene where he's and, and he's telling this, like we're watching the scene, but he's actually telling it um as a memory to someone else. Right. Um, oh, and that's right. my that's father right. died believing that it was worth protecting. There was no, that, that <laughs> death was so senseless yeah. that when you get to the death that, that kind of makes sense, Zod, Zod. It, it doesn't because every death along the way was just senseless and stupid because it was driven by fear. It was driven by characters who were lesser than they should have been. Interesting. Jonathan was lesser because he wasn't the good man and the mentor teaching his son how to be a good man that he should have been. No, I can't teach you how to do heat vision. I can't teach you how to fly. I can't possibly understand the weight of bearing this secret that you have. But I can teach you the importance and the value of life. I can teach you how important it is to be kind to people. I I can teach you how to live in this world 
and enjoy what this world has to offer. Right. And we get this downcast Superman that's something akin to a young Bruce Wayne growing up brooding and moody because he can never do anything and he can never have any fun. Interesting. Uh, ben? Oh, hey. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay, so... It's getting passionate. I want to just know. let you guys go a little bit. In terms of that scene, the only thing I will not defend is that it was a dog. Yeah. I think that it should have been something a bit more higher stake. And so I'm not going to come... A person, an old lady. <laughs> a person, yeah. I'm not... I, I'm not... I'm, I, I'm reasonable, okay? I'm not going to completely defend every little detail in this movie. I think it's generally good. Yeah. But I'm not going to defend that. The scene itself, though... Okay, one thing I want to point out, which is something I brought up, that is people say Superman could have saved his dad so fast that no one would have even noticed sure. him gone. At that point in the movie, he, he, he hasn't even flown yet, let alone even use his super speed. Okay. And even then, in the movie, when he does discover his powers, there's never a point where he's so fast that no one... I mean that no one can can see what he's doing. Like, sure, comic Superman maybe, but in this version of, of Superman, he never goes that fast. Yeah. At least in that, he does in maybe Justice League. At that point, he's yeah. he, he, he's he's gotten that power. So, well, when I'm he sees that. Flash, so, remember speed. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm going to say is, no matter what, if he were to save his father in that scene, the world would have known about him. He would have seen. He he would have revealed himself. Jonathan and like the whole point of the movie, like is that. He wanted his son to have the choice to reveal himself to the world. That tornado and his death completely mm -hmm. removed that from him. Mm -hmm. So, like, at that point, everyone would have known he was Superman. And honestly, another practical thing is that, like, it's not just, like, about the world not being able to deal with Superman. It's also a practical thing from John's father. He's worried that if he reveals himself before he's ready, like, like the way I interpret it, interpret it is, like, the government's going to want to know about him. They're going to want to experiment with him. They're going to want to do like, like, like all these things. Like, so he, he wants him to stay hidden until he's ready to, uh, to reveal his powers. And also there's the whole theme about like how the world just isn't ready for a guy like Superman. So he doesn't want him to reveal himself yet as Superman to the world. And he's willing to sacrifice himself for that. Actually that scene, the fact that Jonathan Kent is willing to die for the well being of his son. I believe that was, I believe it's actually a very Jonathan Kent thing to do. Mm, interesting. I, be I believe willing to sacrifice your life for 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 the betterment of his son. What I, I believe that was a Jonathan Kent thing to do personally. Do, do you think you could almost interpret it? He's giving him a, li a literal final illustration. He is. You know, again of, of to, the earlier thing of of the bus. Yeah. The, that that. To lay your life down for the good of another. Yeah, and he's doing that for his son. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the thing. I believe what what um what um Nathan was talking about earlier about teaching him to do to to do good. I believe it's not the moral lesson you would expect, honestly. But it, I think it was a, a moral lesson that you should be willing to lay your life down for the greater good. And I believe that that was an important message. Superman does almost die later on in the movie. Destroying the phantom, the the phantom zone. Gener I forget what it's what it's called. Yeah, I love that scene. Yeah, yeah. great scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It, it's a, it's a very good scene. I, I think I, I've heard a lot of haters of this film defend that scene. Defend that's that good. scene. Neither of you guys uh, had the privilege of hearing me preach on Sunday. So, guys, <laughs> I, it, it, I was busy. It, it was amazing. <laughs> uh, it was incredible. No, but I actually started, guys, with um, you know, always looking for a little opening hook. And I talked about character arcs. I yep. said how we'd just seen Oppenheimer and uh, et cetera. And I showed two pictures. I showed uh, one that was from an article that talked about great movies with no character arc. And it was mm -hmm. John Wick, mm -hmm. which 
I might argue in the fourth one there is a bit of an arc, but for the most part, yeah. I understand what yeah. you were saying. Yeah, John Wick yeah. is a static. Yeah, guns. Yeah, more guns. Which isn't really a bad thing. People, a lot of people think that is. It's, it's really not. It, no, it's it's a way of writing. Remains stagnant. Uh, yeah. You've also that by definition means when your main character doesn't have an arc, you're going to be very plot focused, and the plot serves as the character. That's what engages the uh, the the reader or the viewer or the listener. The second was uh, Clint Eastwood's character in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. He's a man mm-hmm. with no name. Yeah. He never evolves. He's the same from yeah. the beginning, but yeah. the plot's so intriguing. Sergio Leone did that movie. And the third was uh, Nick Cage in National Treasure. Mm-hmm. Great, yeah. fun, yeah. just yeah. entertaining yeah. movie that I really enjoyed. Yeah. But I had to think, yeah, no real character plot. Yeah. Then uh, there was a picture I showed of Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, who definitely has had a lot of art. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. evolved. So far. He starts as a bully. Yep. We're already going back to Stranger Things. <laughs> well, yeah, we've seen Ben. We're yeah. going back for you. That's right. So, okay. Here's my just literary thing. Yeah. Uh, I can't deny, personally, I find it more interesting when the characters change. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't make exceptional mm-hmm. books mm-hmm. and movies where yeah, the character yeah, doesn't change. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, um, 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 the. Um, the Joker as a character is a fantastic character, but he's a, he's a he's static. Right. Joker doesn't change. He's right. evil from beginning to start, except mm-hmm. for maybe like Joaquin Phoenix's. Mm-hmm. But that was why Ben. Yeah. We we listen to some of this. Why does Stephen King want nothing to do with Pennywise anymore? Because he doesn't change. He doesn't change. Yeah. He's, he, he says he bores me. Yeah. So he's happy that Machete and other people are going to take him and they're going to do this prequel series on HBO. He says, "I love it. Yeah. Let him do it. That's great. I have no more interest in him." Yeah. Mm-hmm. He likes characters that change. So I'm just, I don't know Zack Snyder, shockingly. He's not looking uh, for to, to me for any uh, insight. But, Nathan, this is for you. It sounds to me, if I'm hearing your argument, Snyder wants to make a Superman movie that shows an arc of a character. And um, I, I, I think that's what you're arguing, mm-hmm. Ben, right? Because yes. you're saying that's the one change. That's a big change. It is, yeah. From, from the I lore. Agree. It's a very big change. I'm hearing you say, Nathan, and this might be generational, and you and I are the same generation, that, yeah, that's great, just don't do that with Superman, because he's a set character that is always good. Um, If there's growth, it might be uh, an appreciation of human relationships, but his moral compass isn't part of what, quote-unquote, grows. Is that fair? Yeah. That that Snyder should, in your view, would say... Yeah, I know what you're doing, but don't mess with I, Superman. I don't even think that. See, I think I think Ben is wrong in his interpretation of what hmm. Snyder is going to do with Superman. Yeah. Because the reality is uh, the, the way you craft a character and get them to do things that people will gradually accept over time as being possible, you have to slip things in there that all of a sudden become a reality that, oh, yeah, this character could do that. Yeah. This character, this Superman, could be the one that destroys the world. How do we do that? We start here. Yeah. So whether or not he's going to end like that is irrelevant because mm-hmm. what you've done is you said, this is where he started to make that possible. Because the only way it was possible in, in, in the comics and in, in the cartoons and all of that stuff for him to be pulled in by Darkseid was was basically it was it was like waterboard torture it was stockholm syndrome type stuff mm-hmm. where he was brainwashed and basically reprogrammed mm-hmm. 
into that. Yeah. That 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 possibility only became such when he was kidnapped and locked up and brainwashed. Mm-hmm. That was never a possibility at the beginning. Yeah. And now this is now always a possibility because you've introduced the character and you've established that in his foundation, this is who he could become. And and again, the, the reality is when you set that trajectory, he goes back and he sees, but that's not who I want to be. But that's where you started to even get to that point. Like yep. outside of... Because the way that that Snyder was going to do this was it was going to be a decision, yep, not a brainwashing, not something mm-hmm. where you look and say, this is not your fault. Because even when he does that, there are huge repercussions that follow mm-hmm. him from that. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a lot of aftermath that comes from his allegiance with Darkseid from being brainwashed and all of that stuff uh, that that. We, we can begin to forgive you and rebuild, but the, we, nope, time out. We, we've got to work through this. So you're uh, being very uh, sophisticated about it, but uh, uh, Ben uh, doesn't know his butt from a hole. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, no, I, I'm not necessarily saying I was going to get to that at the end <laughs> of the podcast. Let me do this. That was going to be my final word. Through the magic of podcasting. I believe our pizza has arrived. <laughs> I would like to give a few more moments to the Zod yeah. fight yeah. and yes. the death, because I know you want to talk about them. Yep. Can we pause it? Yep, absolutely. And for our listener, we'll be back yes. in a second. We'll be back in a second. And we are back. And it was about a second. And it was. And Instantly. It was good pizza. The, the good pizza. It was very good. Yeah. Guys, and I know you were worried about me. I could tell you were both worried that I've been wasting away to nothing. <laughs> uh, you know, Nathan had his unfortunate GI bug. My, my, the pounds are just flying off me. So, I, I guys, I, I satiated well. <laughs> you, you can alleviate all your concerns. That's right. You done good, Greg. <laughs> we'll leave them there. <laughs> We are going to make this gentleman the final lap. Yep. I've really enjoyed this. I, I was telling you guys at lunch, I've learned a lot from listening to you guys. And, and we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, let us talk about the Zod fight. Ben, I'm going to go to you since I started with Nathan. Um, you've now heard the argument uh, that Superman of Superman lore would have found another way uh, to end the conflict but in Man of Steel, Snyder has Superman snapping the neck of his mm-hmm. enemy as opposed to coming up with something else. Oh, oh, and a real quick thing either guys can comment in. I feel like this has come up before. Um, Nathan, a yes or no, is the Richard Donner, Christopher Reeves 70s to early 80s Superman, in your opinion, a more comic-accurate portrayal? The Donner cut, you mean? The Donner cut. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, I even those movies are perfect when it's like comparing it to the comic book Superman. I to the, the the comic book lore. So yeah. uh, you would say that now, one of you guys has told me this. Yet, if memory serves, in Superman two of nineteen seventy nine, whatever it was, he kills Zod in his uh. in the ice. Station, doesn't it's ambiguous. He? You're, okay. not, you're yeah. not shown or, or told what happened because intentionally, because if you go back and rewatch, yeah. he does the exact same stuff, right? He kind of he throws them into the ice cave and all that stuff. Yeah. 
um, drops them down. But at the end of the Donner cut, they're being escorted to uh, to jail. Yeah. Oh, you're right. So that, that's the you Donner just cut. don't see what happens to them. That's not afterwards. what I saw in mm-hmm. the 70s on screen. Yeah, they had right. edited that part out. But so Correct. Donner's vision was that they wouldn't be killed. Correct. Yes, they would be re-imprisoned. Correct. Similar thing actually happened with Guardians Three, which came out at the end. I don't know if you've seen it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. But where the high evolutionary there was a scene at the end where that was cut where he actually was like dragged out by Drax. Yes. But that just wasn't very clear in the movie. It's just interesting how it's, I feel like a similar thing has come up recently. It's uh, uh, ambiguous. Now the other thing though that I assume is Donner's vision from those movies and I love the scene as a kid is where the uh, the jerky truck yeah, driver yeah. guy in the diner humiliates. It's kind of a callback to that Man of Steel too. Is there? Yeah, yeah, where he, bar, yeah, where he sits there and he like basically stacks all the eighteen wheelers oh, with yes. like these yeah. piles into them, and and I like that scene better, honestly. <laughs> I remember that, but could you say, Nathan, that Donner deviated a little there because at the end of that, Clark Kent goes back, yeah, and I mean it was satisfying. Sure, sure. gives that guy his justice. I, I will say, I will say this because I can go either way on it. Yeah, <clears throat> that first of all, when you're going to make that argument. Who did he go in the diner as? True, he went as Clark Kent. He went as Clark Kent. Right. He didn't. He doesn't go in as Superman to yeah. prove a point. He goes in as the average Joe. Right. And to me, I took that more as a, this guy's a bully, and I'm going to go ahead and put the bully in his place. And right. Superman would often do that. Right. Like, not as Superman, but as Clark. Clark would, at times, drop the sheepish, sheepish facade right. to... No, we're not doing this. Right. And and again, this comes from the idea that all you have to do is stand up to the bully and they're yeah. going to they're gonna back off, right? And it's so a great scene. Doesn't he like is, yeah. he he like presses his face into the food or whatever yeah. and slides him down the counter. Sure. And everybody's shocked and I love how he, yeah. he just pushes yeah, his pushes glasses the, and goes, yeah. Oh, I've been, I've been working out. I've been working out. <laughs> it's a great scene. Yeah. 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 I obviously don't don't have any issue with that scene. I think it's good. Well, right. Yeah. For you especially if yeah. you're gonna argue, it you, shows the human aspect the of the humanness yeah. of a car. But you would say he's well, one, he's not killing anybody. Right. So he's not he's he does no serious harm to the guy. Right. If anything, you could argue he gives him a valuable life lesson right. to be humbled. And maybe re- right. not that he's and gonna take that lesson. And Superman's not the one doing this. Right. It's this Clark. is Clark. Interesting. And, okay. And I, I think it's fair to say that um, Marvel has severely killed the whole secret identity thing. Yes. Yeah. They have. Um, and yeah. DC has done that effectively as well. They I have. mean, DC's basically ripped off Marvel in a much poorer way yeah i agree um and and to me this is all that is is well we don't need secret identities and it's well he kind of still does yeah not really i mean lois finds out within two seconds that it's clark through a little bit of research i mean it's not going to take the government long to find that out as well like you know all all they're doing is just let's just ignore it ignore the man behind the curtain let's keep going with it where Clark preserved his identity and built up this persona of who he was. Yes. So when you see Superman 2 and he's being bullied, you know, like the the person he becomes as a human is Clark. Yeah. Right? And yeah. that's who he becomes. Like he can't save anyone. He can't defend himself. He can't do anything. Where the Clark that Superman 
will stand up when he can. Yes. But not at the stake of his identity. He's yeah. not going to, he would not go back to that scene unless he knew his identity was intact as both Clark and Superman. Right. Um, That's fair. That's fair. I, I think, because that is a critique I've heard sometimes. Obviously, in the first Superman, he doesn't kill Luthor. He, yep. he you know, it traps him, wins, yep. defeats you with a nuclear warhead and all that stuff. Yeah. All right, so, <clears throat> Ben. Zod. What do you want to say about the killing of Zod? <clears throat> okay. I'm going to try to put this as nicely as I possibly can. <laughs> oh, um, we, you don't have to be. No. You guys are in the <laughs> arena. Go ahead. There are a lot of complaints with Man of Steel that I truly understand. Like, there's the whole um, maybe scene in terms of, like, like like not saving the bus of kids. There's the amount of destruction he causes in the city. <clears throat> I really, I, I've tried. I do not understand the hate for the Zod scene. A, like, a bit. Because it would be different if that was Superman's goal, was to kill General Zod. But what we see in the fight before that is the 15-minute final battle, he was trying to reason with Zod. Mm -hmm. And as Zod, and Zod's, Zod the entire time was not just threatening to kill, to kill Superman. The entire time he was saying, I am going to destroy humans. I'm going to be killing humans in front of you, and I will never stop. There's nothing you can do that can ever stop me. Now, Superman, I believe even after that, his initial reaction was, no, you can change. You can be better. But literally, as he is about to laser that family down, mm -hmm. he, Zod still says, I'm never going to stop. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to. I believe that Superman, his love for humanity outweighs even his strongest moral code. And I believe at that point he was I, – I believe it's actually like a very, very Superman scene. Mm -hmm. Is that at that point he knows I have to I have to overturn my own values at this moment just to save humanity. Let me and, insert that in the original, and I don't want to break yeah. this story too much, but in it, well in the Donner version, yeah. doesn't the uh, I can't remember her name, but the female Ursa yeah. uh, Ursa says at one point she's kind of uh, intrigued. She says something like, "Oh, he pities them," mm -hmm. and they have the debate about like pets or children, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're intrigued by it mm -hmm. because they're these weak earthlings. <laughs> yeah. right. So you're saying, if anything, that's reinforced yeah. and shown in the ultimate sense. So, Ben, do you see Snyder painting what philosophically is called the trolley problem? Yeah, kind of. Uh, um, Somebody has to die? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, kind of that. But here's the thing. I believe Superman as a character is a bit more complicated than him just not being willing to kill. That is a That's one factor, but... Personally, I think when I think of Superman, I think of his love of humanity that makes him so special. And I believe that that scene displays his love of humanity more than any other scene in the movie. And that and that's why I respect that scene so much. And the scream he gives after he killed, he was forced to give up and kill not just another person. He was forced to kill the only other last living member Kryptonian. of the species. Yeah. It must have sucked. He hated doing it. Mm. He he despised doing it with everything, but he had to do it. Interesting. That's why I like the scene. I think it's one of my favorite Superman scenes. I love it. So, uh, it, suffice it to say, Ben, you don't see it as just Snyder saying, hey, I don't care about the code. No. If anything, no. he almost takes the code and puts it in yeah. an but impossible my situation. Thing is like, my thing is, like, if Superman, like... L like like if Superman was just like oh I'm gonna kill him and I'm fine that would not be against the character I mean th I mean that would be fully that would be fully against the character to just 
kill Zod. Because of the fact that Superman doesn't kill, and that's established, even though there were some casualties in the fight, I acknowledge that, but Superman does not murder anybody. It's because of that standard that was set, it makes the scene where he has to more powerful. Interesting. It's, okay. It's been done before, and and I like it. I like the scene. All right. It, very, okay, strong <laughs> argument. Nathan, I think I already know from previous conversations, you know, and just for our listeners, I threw that out. I'm not trying to, uh, that might be a commonly known analogy. The trolley problem, there's a million yeah. versions of it. Of course, yeah. in philosophy, I'll say really quickly is, you know, you've, you've got an operator, yep. uh, a, a switcher yep. of, of trolley tracks, and you've got, you know, oh my goodness, there's two people on this track and yep. there's 10 people on this track. Yeah. And, in, in the way the scenario is painted, there's nothing to do. Yeah, you can you can do nothing and it'll kill the ten people. Yeah, you could do something and it'll kill the smaller amount. I'm gonna say that you would say Superman by definition is never in a trolley problem scenario. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, and I think that <clears throat> I think what this movie did was uh, again I think I think it portrayed a weaker Superman who's mm. not as strong, who's not as intelligent to be able to think his way out of the situation to to say that I can I can do this and preserve all life in the process. One of the thing one of the reasons why I think this movie is so unsatisfying is Zod ultimately wins. Mm. Zod's dead but he wins because he looks at Superman flat out and says you kill me or I kill you. Mm. That's what this comes down to is Zod puts the terms on Superman. This is how I win. Either I die or you die. Superman does not win in Man of Steel. He loses. Interesting. Superman doesn't lose. Superman doesn't lose because he always will find the solution. You, you said that um, you know he had no choice. That's garbage. He could have shot straight <laughs> up. He could have flown Zod straight up into the atmosphere yep. and fought him on the moon. He could have he could have pulled him straight down through the building. And fought him down on the ground. He had other options that he could have done in the moment other than that. What he did was he saw the problem and he gave up and wanted this to be over with. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I, I don't think it was because, again, you mentioned his love for humanity, but he equally has a love and passion for his Kryptonian side. And that's why he's not willing to kill. That's why he doesn't give up that code, because Every life is redeemable and can be redeemed, and Superman is the one who's going to figure that out. Can can I figure that out? No. Can you figure that out? No. That that there might be a time where I have to make a decision in order to do that, and and that's that's the problem is that Superman is brought into the reality of of a Batman world and and really a Christopher Nolan Batman world. I was just discussing this with a friend of mine. Yeah. That's that's not him. That's okay. not who he is. And he has the way out. He has the way to outthink and be better than we are in our situations, in every situation. He is not, he's not the mouse in the corner. He's not the one clamoring to get out. He's not gonna let Zod win. He's not gonna let Zod dictate the terms of victory, which Zod does. It's it's like the movie Seven. Have you guys seen Seven? Oh yeah. I've yeah, not, right? but, but you haven't seen uh, it. Right? Not, okay. but I That's, uh, we got to put that yeah. on our list. Yeah. I'm pretty familiar. Yeah. Um, Fantastic but movie. The the winner of that movie, the victor oh, yeah. of that movie, is, is not. No, it's uh, who you who you think it should be. You're yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. And and this is that situation all over again. 
That, I will say, Nathan, is a very compelling argument. If I'm hearing you rightly on things, and I want to give you a chance to respond, mm-hmm. Ben. Yeah. Um, well put. It's not just that – in other words, Superman is not the, – the, the challenge is not that he just outstrongs everyone. Yeah. But he can outthink everyone. Yes. And you would say the version we have in Snyder's movie, you have – yeah, he outstrongs him. He yep. kills him. But he doesn't outthink him. Yeah. And by outthinking him, he could have saved humanity, which mm-hmm. is Ben's point. Yeah. Uh, so I'm taking it. You probably appreciate Ben's point that oh, his oh, love yeah. for humanity sure. is highlighted. Mm-hmm. Sure. But you're just saying in order to do that, you have to pretty much change the character. Yeah. Let's let's be clear. Snyder's movie is a good movie for what it is. I just mm-hmm. don't think it's a good movie. Like yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> right. Like, like every decision Snyder makes in the movie yeah, leads up into its logical conclusion of how things unfold and how things are going to work. It, it just shouldn't Don't, have been Superman, is what you're saying. Well, yeah. it yeah. shouldn't have been super. Right? It, yeah. I mean, so Snyder's consistent. Yeah. But you think he's flawed? He's from consistently the first step. wrong. Right. Yeah. No, that okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and no, not from the first step. Everything he did with Krypton. Yeah. Very right. Good. That that first 20, 30 minutes, whatever that is, when they're on Krypton. Man, that that was phenomenal. It was good. Even, I remember. Yeah. Even Clark um, at the beginning of the movie, like his wanderings and his rememberings, mm-hmm. I I had no problem with that. Like you know, the, again, I was watching this movie on the edge of my seat, hoping, yeah, that this was going to be this generation's Christopher Reeve Superman. The, and and what I mean by that is yeah. not not Christopher Reeve incarnate because right. I do think Henry uh, Cavill did a fantastic job portraying the Clark the Superman. I, he, I think there actor, were a lot of yeah. things that that just lined up for me. The problem was when you take all of the major missteps and then you you put it into the finale. It was a it was just a letdown. The The air got deflated, and I, I just, I remember walking out of the theater, and it was the same thing, because I just rewatched it, excuse me, like three weeks ago in preparation for the debate. Yeah. Um, just to see, did, did I change? Right. And it was the same thing, like, all of the things that I wanted to be there, they came close. There were things that exceeded my right, expectations. Right. There were things that I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is great. This is going to be great. But again, Going back, seeing the failings of Jonathan as a father and, and leading his son in that direction, that pointless death. I, I'm sorry, there's no way to get around that. You're, there, there is nothing in that. If, mm. if he thought as an older man he could have gotten back and saved that dog and got back to his family in time, which he believed he could have, there's no reason why he wouldn't have been able to ascend his younger son, who he knew was indestructible. Right. There's a difference between Jonathan Kent sending his adoptive son, who he doesn't know is indestructible, versus Jonathan Kent sending his son, who he knows is indestructible, knowing he's going to have enough time to do that and get back and not reveal his identity. Mm. But uh, wasn't his concern, though, to Ben's point, not that he feared for his safety, but he feared for his exposure. But again, like that that makes no logical sense. You believe you can get back and save the dog and get back in time. Right. And do that, right? Your 20-year-old, you know, I put that in quotes. We don't know how old he actually was at right. that time. But your 20-year-old son could do that much faster regardless. Right. You just have the added advantage of knowing that if something did happen, yeah. if something did happen, 
He can handle that. He's far enough out. Mm -hmm. Everybody's worried about this tornado coming. They're not worried about the details of what's going on over there. That, okay, he can actually bend the metal and get his stuck foot out of there and get over here in time without exposure. I don't think he, I, I think he did not trust his son enough. And we actually see that because they have the whole argument in the car beforehand again about Clark wanting to choose. And again, that's an inconsistency because you talked about Jonathan wanting to him to choose and, and have that choice and ability, yet he's dictating his life. This is what you must do. This is what you must do. He's not giving him a it's choice. It's because he didn't think he was old enough yet, though. That, that like, when you're a kid, like, you, you, you don't really have the ability to be making those choices yet. So that's that's my one counter-argument to that. How, uh, Greg, do you let him make choices? <laughs> I am, yes, he does. It depends. And, and again, here's the thing. The, the, the Clark we have in the car... Mm-hmm. is about your age or older yeah that's yeah, yeah it's true and so that's it's the true. thing is no, no no he's it's not about him think it, you're right it's about him not believing he's ready mm-hmm. and he hasn't done anything to prepare him to get ready he's basically said you must be sheltered and i'm not going to show you what it is to do this because even the jonathan kent uh you know let's go back to smallville the jonathan kent of smallville while he couldn't fully teach his son how to control his powers mm-hmm. he did everything in his ability yeah. to help him do that right how do you focus your hearing okay well this is what we're going to do and we're going to see if this will help you train your hearing how do we focus your heat vision this is what we're going to do to see if we can help do that so he was in it with him not just nope shut it up lock it away let's let's be done with it every decision snyder makes is consistent in his universe but the universe he gives us with Jonathan Kent, with, with Clark, with Superman, is a weaker shadow of who these characters are and could be as heroes and as people to look up to and say, that's the person that I want to be. I know I'm not going to get there. That's the person I want to be. Interesting. Ben, anything you want to say? Because I have a thought or two as we get ready to wrap up. It's, the thing is... I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of the things he's saying. I disagree with the fact that it makes it a bad Superman movie. I think it's more, yes, this is a movie about Superman where he decided Jonathan Kent is going to be a flawed version of Jonathan Kent. Mm -hmm. Clark Kent is going to be a flawed version of Clark Kent. Superman is going to be a flawed version of Superman. And I believe it's valid and okay for that to to exist and still be a good Superman movie. So I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of his assertions. I just disagree with his assertions. That's that makes what it I'm bad. seeing. A fundamental difference here. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question. Now. Yes. Nathan is north of 40. Yeah. <laughs> one, one thing you said, yes, Nathan, uh, that was interesting. I almost seized on it then, but I don't want to break your stride. You said, man, I was really hoping that this generation mm-hmm. would get a Christopher Reeves-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is not... a. Imitation, yeah, because they have to adapt. They yep. have to bring modernize it a bit more. Um, so I'm going to ask you, Ben. Mm-hmm. Y- you can say it. Yeah. Y- you guys have been more civil than I even thought yeah, you might, which has been great. Yeah, I love the civility. You guys clearly disagree. Ben, do you think some of it, uh, men like Nathan, men, women like Nathan, me, our age category? <laughs> influences our thinking i'm actually going to be nice here and i'm actually going to say i don't think it's as big of a factor as you're thinking because oh okay yeah i actually i i read superman comics this is just no i know you do i i like superman comics i like the classic version of superman i'm excited for what to see what james gunn's gonna do with a more classic version of superman too superman legacy yes Superman legacy uh i'm very excited about that uh but i still like man of steel i like seeing the character be deconstructed in interesting ways and 
I, I think it's so, a, so a lot of this take. comes yeah. down to preference. And it's just it's just preference. I understand if you don't like it, but like which is fair. But my but my thing is like we have the Christopher Reeve movies, which is already a perfect adaptation. Like uh-huh. so, I didn't really think we needed another one. I, I, maybe now we do in Le- 2025 when Legacy is coming out. But in, at the time, I didn't I didn't think we did. I, I I'd like to see an interesting direction. The character was taking it. Let me bring in a song choice. As cliche as it sounds, right? <laughs> I've always been a fan of the song, which I know is a metaphor, by Five for Fighting, Superman. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Now, more than a bird, or more yep. than a plane, more than some pretty face it's beside a yeah. train. Easy. It's not easy to yeah. be me. That's interesting. It's a 90s song mm-hmm. that explores yeah, they a had that Superman <laughs> filled with self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He also... Yeah, I'm oh, I'm just a man in a silly red sheet. Yeah. And he's looking for special things inside yeah. of him. In other words, is there anything to me besides this role yeah. that I must be? Yeah, there's actually been I've seen quite a few jokes of people talking about how Man of Steel is just a two hour version of that song. Oh, is like, that right? Yeah, like I I've mm-hmm. I've heard that said before. So a lot of it comes to uh preferences, purity. Nathan, you obviously and, and you were saying it too, man. Love the purity, yeah, the flawless good of that original super. I will ask one thing for both of you that mm-hmm. I didn't realize Jonathan Kent, let's uh, stick with the comics. Mm-hmm. I was always under the impression that Superman was just good in his nature. If you say, like, is Jonathan Kent the reason Superman is so good? Both his fathers were our, our big factors, I think. Jarrell yeah, and Jor- so, Jonathan, yeah. so yeah, Jonathan, um. Clark goes off after Jonathan dies yes. to explore who he is. And right. that's where Fortress of Solitude is created. That's where he meets his he gets the Kryptonian father. And, but that yeah, have been recorded. Jonathan yeah. is who gives him his earthly inheritance, as yeah. it were. Um, his love, as, as Ben put it, for humanity. Yeah. His, his compassion for humanity. His goodness for humanity. Because Jonathan Kent... you. He is going to, by default, if he is who he's supposed to be, teach his sons these lessons about helping people at all costs because he's he's a farmer. Yeah. Right. He's a he's a uh, Kentucky farmer who is or sorry, Kansas, Kansas farmer who is helping his neighbors. Right. This is this is quintessential America. And and the fact of the matter is even even today. That's quintessential America. Right. It's the heartland. Yeah. Uh, 2023, this is still what America is. Now, if you remove uh, that type of American setting and upbringing, and and now Superman's all of a sudden raised in New York. Right. New York City. Okay, let's let's talk about that. Again, am I going to have the argument? Sure. But Jonathan Kent is this person. Yeah. Like this, this is who he is. This is who all those people are. Yeah. Right. And, and that's the problem is once you start pulling further and further away from that, what you're essentially doing is you're creating, you're creating what culturally you think people want to see. And, and, and clearly some do, right? Yes. That I some do, do yeah. want to see that, but you, what you've done is you've, you've kept the frame, but it doesn't make sense. Mm. The frame does not make sense within the context of where you've kept things. And so if you want to make a Superman movie, then be more consistent with how you're how you're pushing this and how you're creating it. If Jonathan Kent is going to be morally ambiguous like that, and I do believe he's being morally ambiguous, mm-hmm. set him in, uh, you know, New York State, you know, 
or New York City. Like mm -hmm. set him in an area where he's grown up to be like that. So that's what he's teaching his son to do. Um, if if you want to create the the Superman who is uh, who is basically and again, this is part of what I think was so poorly executed is we got a lazy man's version of Clark Kent's growing up years mm -hmm. in his training years. Right. We, in, in all the other movies, we get expositions, we get scenes and we get ideas of the trainings that he's received mm -hmm. in order to become who he is. And it's kind of like, yeah, Jonathan did this for a bit. And then you were basically left to wander on your own for about a decade until you happen to stumble across your Kryptonian father, who's actually more hopeful for what you can do for the world than your earthly father was. I mean, and, and that's the thing is, is Jarrell's approach to him is no, no, no. I understand who these people are better than your earthly father are. And this is what's going to happen. This is how you're going to help them. We, you know, and so again, it's just, there's so much in here. That's just, it's, it's, it's flawed. It does not logically make sense for the settings. You kept some things because you want some people to be happy. Um, but really you've destroyed a lot of it and you've destroyed some of the inconsistencies with it. Now you've kept things very consistent into how you wanted to build these characters, mm -hmm. right? But their <clears throat> origins and what goes on is just, it, it's not consistent. I, uh, not that my opinion matters. I'm truly torn here. You guys have helped mm -hmm. me. I, I could, I feel like I can now participate in, a, in like a high school debate where you have to, ch you, you're assigned to side. <laughs> like I feel you've given enough fodder for it. Having said that, I do like, in, not that this is Snyder's goal. Yeah, yeah. One could argue, this doesn't make it right or wrong, just an observation. Snyder's approach is more realistic to our fallen condition. And mm -hmm. we want to get downright theological. Sure. Right? Yeah. Right? Flawed people. Because even the good, upstanding, hardworking people of Kansas are sinners, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. like the people in New York or California or anywhere else for that matter. So there is moral ambiguity. There is fallenness. Mistake. And that in recent years has become more trendy. Right. Uh, you know, Breaking Bad, the rise of the antihero, it all started really with Tony Soprano. And, and you've got this uh, very <laughs> morally <laughs> fluctuating character. And some people dig that. So I, I do see Snyder yeah. doing more of that yeah. in this. But I understand the purist, the ideal argument. But this is a fairy tale in a sense. This is the mm -hmm. world. This is how the rules work. Um, ben, and, any last yeah. uh, thoughts here? Yeah, yeah. Just like the final thing I want to say is like a lot of people describe Superman in this movie as being a dark and gritty character who... And like I feel like a lot of people have this like unfair assertion of the movie. I'm not saying that Nathan feels this way. I've just heard this a lot that Superman doesn't have these values of loving humanity and he's not hopeful. Mm -hmm. And I like when you're watching the movie, yeah, the tone of the film is a much darker, grittier world. But I think that the Superman in it, despite his human flaws, ends up in a place where he's very close to the comic book Superman hmm. I know. Interesting. And he becomes this beacon of hope for humanity at the at the end. I mean, he saved the world out of, out of out of his own love for humanity mm -hmm. and um i think and i think even though it's a darker grittier story i think that what's so interesting about it is it's kind of like the concept i think of captain america he's this classic superhero who goes decades into the future into a world that's where uh, like america's ideals have changed a bit and 
and this hopeful classic idea of a superhero remains hopeful in the face of a world that it is has is no longer feeling that way and i just kind of like that like like i like that dynamic i think superman in the movie is a more flawed version but he is good in spite of his flaws and I, I respected the adaptation. It's, it's, it's an adaptation. It's a movie that resonated with me personally. Sure. I so, can tell. Yeah. I can like, tell. It de- it, it, like, I mm, really like. Just like it resonated with yes, Nathan. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, I can argue. Different frequencies. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I can argue about, about a bunch of the logical consistencies in it, but I'm, I, I cannot change the fact that I, like, I resonated with this version of Superman. Like, sure, sure. there's so many emotional moments in the movie that I love. Like, there's a scene where he's talking to Jonathan Kent and he. Clark finds out about his alien heritage and Clark asks so 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 can I still be your son yeah, a- and then John and then Jonathan goes goes oh you are my son and yeah. there's an emotional scene that's crying there's just so many parts in parts of the movie about this man who's grappling living between earth and Krypton and I it just it's a story that that really resonates with me even more than the Christopher Reeves movies, honestly. Interesting. I, wow. I like the Christopher Reeves movies are great and they're some more classic, but there's something about this way this film was made that just really resonated with me. And that's why I still defend it to this day. So we can debate about the logic and everything, but that's not, that, that's something that just, I, I, I cannot be taken away from me. Like, no. yeah, like that's, well, what, that's the thing with art, right? Yes. I mean, we it's all true. acknowledge that. Yep. Exactly. We're affected. I mean, a lot of people are emotionally it. resonated by movies that i think are horrendous oh, so sure. yeah right right of yeah. course yeah. you know i um um we ben and i were laughing nathan there's a family guy clip it's <laughs> hilarious where they're all drowning uh-huh. and uh peter just you know says well as we reach our our final moments here is something I've never shared that I think I want to say. And they're like, what is it? And I'm, I'm getting this. You probably know better. I, I did not care for the Godfather. I did not care for the Godfather. <laughs> I'm I'm like, be honest. What, what are you talking about? It's be honest. No, just being honest. Yeah. I just didn't care for it. Much. I mean, honestly, Godfather didn't resonate with me as it does with a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, you didn't like Godfather. It's good. I mean, it's like, I get knowledge it's good. But it didn't resonate, resonate with me And then Peter says, it insists upon itself. They're like, what? It insists upon itself. They're about to drown. This, this is the final conversation. Yes. Which is just so funny in itself yeah. that they're talking. I, I just didn't care for it. Didn't care for it particularly. You know, of course, it's a classic. Yeah. So uh, I could tell Ben when you were sharing those emotional scenes. Yeah. Nathan, you've changed your whole position. <laughs> no, no, I didn't expect him yeah. to. I think yeah. Nathan uh, scribbled down a word. What's that? He's, oh, it says blasphemy. <laughs> uh, <I> think- <laughs> well, you know, Greg, some people just really understand and appreciate Superman and then there's Ben. Yeah. I'm kidding, of course. I say in jest, of course. Guys, here's what I hope. For people that what I'm curious in, we'll find out. I want to know if anybody hung on to this podcast says, look, I have no interest in Superman, but we're interested in the mechanics of the debate. You guys It was more civil than I expected. You guys were very very I'm gonna see my hats off. You were very civil. I think I know where the lines of disagreement are. And I think you both made your compelling cases, and we'll leave it to the the listener to say uh, what's what. But the most important thing we want to highlight this month, Nathan, I know you'll be with me on this. Mm-hmm. Boy, I'd love to see more civility. Yeah. Yes. I agree. In all discussions. Yep. Yes. All debates, political, theological. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, entertainment. I mean, personally, yeah. I I know for certain it's like I need to work on. <laughs> well, I mean, I did it for this podcast, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> ben, from now on. We're gonna make sure you're always uh, yeah. strapped to a microphone and and uh, you know yes. um, put a microphone right. in front of me and headphones. Yeah, 
and uh, that you're being recorded to, well, we'd all probably be a lot better if that's the yes. case. But no. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes when you're with your, your family, so I, I will say this. I was going to say this at the beginning. One of my favorite, it was a big game, AFC Championship game, between the Patriots, Tom Brady, yeah. um, and the Ravens, or Ray Lewis. And there's, there's this, they were both mic'd up for the game, so there's a scene that's a close play where, um, you know, Lewis is kind of chipping at, at Brady and Brady's chipping back and their helmets are right at, at at each other's face. And like Lewis is like, yeah. And Brady's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's this really intense thing. <laughs> so funny at the end of the game. Yeah. And the Patriots won too. Nathan says, of course, uh, what else would happen? What else would happen? So Brady comes to Lewis and they're still mic'd up. The game's over. Yep. And he just says, Ray, you are the best. You're the best. <laughs> yes. And Ray, like Pat Summer goes, he goes, he goes, man, he goes, he goes, I love you, man. Yeah. And uh, to me, it was such a great on the field. Yeah, warriors. Yeah, they're not going to show any. They're going to yep. dig in. They're going to stick to their what they do. And when the game's done, yeah. hey, they should be able to go out and get a pizza together. Yep. Yeah, yes. share a beer together Absolutely. or something and hang out. And that's that's the goal. It's yep. not like, well, let's not talk about things we disagree with. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, let's talk about. It. Let's get into right. it. That's true. And when we're done, let's let's maintain our let's, connection. Let's yeah. set the time, the place, the the arena. Yep. And keep it there. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And find a common humanity. Yep. When we're outside of it, it would be a, a wonderful thing. So. Yeah, I mean, like halfway through this podcast, we went out and ate pizza. We ate pizza exactly. yep. and yeah. broke exactly. bread. Yeah, that's right. That was perfect. And Ben, won't you say Nathan? He's my son, so I'm a little proud of him. But I mean, he did a good job. That was good. I appreciate was. it. Yeah. yeah. And well you done. did a good job at 13 with Stranger Things. Yeah. But this was <laughs> yeah. elevated discourse. Yes. As I said, I've expanded my horizons. Yes. A bit. And you had a formidable <laughs> opponent. Yes, I did. He, uh, uh, honestly, a man who knows his stuff. Honest, honestly, not to offend you, but I, but I was a bit surprised. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, he thought you were some lightweight. Uh, yeah. He says, I mean, I, like, so did I. I've yeah. heard, like, I've heard a lot of men of steel arguments in my past that I've just I could like I'm like okay that's dumb I'll do it instantly you went in directions I wasn't expecting that's good of steel (laughs) debates honestly and and how you adapt in that debate yes you're like well I could just fight 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 because or I could say you know what that's compelling yeah I can can see that point and and, uh yeah we learn we grow so Uh, uh, that was fun guys yeah it was fun how long we go that was a long one we are at an hour and 33 minutes. That, wow, hour and a half podcast. So we're going to call this a mega episode, <laughs> yes. everybody. Thank yep. you so Make much a lot of fun. for listening. It was long. It was fun. And uh, fellas, yes. we just rocked the Casbah. Thank you again for listening to These Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.